0: Hey, everybody. This is Brad Williams, and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see Him for who He is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching, and
1: we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B4Church podcast. My name is Ashley, and I'm your host today. And I am joined by two very special guests that I am so excited to introduce you to. Um, they both work with an organization you've probably heard about um, in services, but maybe don't know a whole lot about. And that is the Beaverton Resource Center. So today I have Al Schmidt. Greetings. And Lisa, Min- oh gosh, Mentisana.
2: Mentisana, hi. Ooh, I, I
1: didn't do it too badly. Okay, I feel good about that. Um, first off, thank you so much, you guys, for being here. I'm really excited. You guys came to a team meeting for my the team that I'm on at church. Um, a couple weeks ago and I was just blown away by all the stuff that the BRC or Beaverton Resource Center does so I'm really excited for the rest of our congregation to hear a little bit about that as well. Um, So to get started can each of you just kind of tell us what do you do at the Beaverton Resource
2: Center? Well my primary role right now is I work for the Beaverton School District as the McKinney-Vento Homeless Education Program Specialist and then I co-executive direct the Resource center with Al my good f- good good friend <laughs> so
1: you're doing two things you're I'm with doing the school two district things. and with the BRC and Al how about you
0: I'm strictly with the Beaverton Resource Center I as Lisa indicated we share the co-executive director role and uh, I do whatever is necessary <laughs> to to get the doors open in the morning and get them closed at night so
1: so the two of you are the ones keeping keeping things running
0: keeping things running
1: And just so our congregation can get to know each of you a little bit, um, we'll start with Lisa again. We'll do ladies first. But can you just tell us a little bit about your story, maybe some things about your journey with Jesus or how you got into the
2: position that you're in today? Sure. Um, I grew up in kind of a challenging um, family dynamic environment. Mm -hmm. And... um, carried some trauma through my childhood and into adulthood. Um, I had experienced homelessness several times during my life and at some point I just gave it all up to Christ and Mm -hmm. realized that a life of service was healing and um, that's what brought me to this point and it actually helped to direct my career. So you are ministering to people that you can very much Kind of relate
1: to in a similar space of life. Exactly. That's awesome. I love when people use even the hardest parts of their lives and then turn them around to like, wow, look at what God's. Been it makes it a blessing. That. Yeah, that's wonderful. Al, how about you?
0: So mine, uh, considerably different. I had a thirty-plus year career in uh, high tech. Uh,
1: that is very different. <laughs> that was
0: very different, and uh, through that career, I got trained in a lot of different areas. Uh, and then in 2010, I got laid off. Middle mm. management got laid off. I was too old, uh, frankly, mm. so it was difficult to find a job. Uh, and I spent the, the next couple of years doing what people tend to do, and that's God, you got to help me find a job. <laughs> yeah. And finally, after about two years, I thought I'm, I'm asking for the wrong thing, and I finally mm. said, "What is it that you want me to do?" And seriously, within a week, I got a call from my church, Holy Trinity, uh, where they asked me to come and run the outreach at the church. Awesome. Uh, You talk about getting hit with a little bit of lightning. I mean, that was a a pretty (laughs) obvious, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I did that for the last nine years, and through that met awesome people like Lisa and uh, developed a relationship here with uh, Foursquare Church. Um, And uh, that brings us to the Beaverton Resource Center. So here we are.
1: Yeah, and we're so we're neighbors because Holy Trinity neighbors. is a church that's right next door to Beaverton Foursquare. So that's yep. fun. Yeah, it's nice to get to know your neighbors a little better. A
0: little bit, <laughs> a little bit.
1: We're <laughs> glad you're here. Um, so I know people in our congregation. We've mentioned the Beaverton Resource Center a couple of times in a few different areas. Um, but at least for me, I don't know that I really until you guys came in had a very good idea of what you guys um, did. So, um, can you give me like what like your short little elevator pitch of if someone asks you, "What is the Beaverton Resource Center?" How would you describe it in like
2: two sentences or less? So, I would say the heart of the Beaverton Resource Center is collaboration with community um, in service and. Through that mission, we've developed a one-stop service center to provide support for people in our community who are um, navigating poverty and um, housing instability. So you guys are kind of like a connector between
1: the community and specifically with your job with the Beaverton School District and various organizations in the Beaverton area. Is that correct? That's correct. Al, do you have anything to add to that? no I I I
0: think that's a really good summary we we really want to be that central point where those in need within the community feel comfortable coming to looking for assistance and then as you pointed out we consider ourselves resource brokers so we try and connect them some things we will do directly ourselves and some things we will have partners and other organizations that we can connect people to the idea is at the end of the day we want to bring those components together and serve the community and serve the community well
1: what are some of the things that you guys actually do as the beaverton resource center as opposed to some of the things that you do kind of broker out to other organizations uh,
0: so uh, you know there there are just so many things that need to be addressed that that broker role really is very critical There are just some fantastic organizations out there that do some really good things in the community but they all operate independently uh... so there's not a lot of um, uh... overall case management that occurs our role is to help make that happen. The other part is we we recognize that there are multiple tiers, multiple components that need to to uh, happen in order for someone to get back on their feet again. Mm-hmm. And so part of what we do if we can raise enough funds, have enough people to help is to provide that first tier help address some of the basic needs when it comes to housing and gas cards and you know utility assistance and those kinds of things. So we like to play that role and then other organizations provide additional components.
2: I think we're also about relationship building, so um, we're more than 2 one, one. We want to develop relationships with people in the community who need help so that they know they can come mm-hmm. to the Beaverton Resource Center and there's friends there, we're friends. and. Um, also it's kind of a two-way door we're open to service so we want people from the community to come in and help and we're there to guide them um, to make sure that we connect them with their passion and uh, provide an opportunity for service
1: great so you're about building relationships in the community and then taking care of some of it like I'll use to them as like first-tier needs and maybe some basic things of food shelter those kinds of things, and then helping get, because usually, if I'm not mistaken, when somebody's in crisis, you've got like the surface problems, and then you've got the ones under the surface. So you, if I'm understanding correctly, want to help with some of the surface things and then connect them to organizations that might help with those things that are a little deeper. Yeah,
0: if you're familiar at all with the Maslow's Hierarchy, Think yes. about that it's th- it, if you don't address the basic needs, you can't move on beyond that, mm-hmm. and we recognize that. so not only do we want to directly address the basic needs, but then we want to have organizations and partners uh, relationships where we can then help people get to that second and third tier as well.
1: That's awesome. I'd be interested to know a little bit about, I mean I've kind of heard a little bit, but I'd love for our congregation to know a little bit about your history in the Beaverton area because obviously an organization usually doesn't just spring up overnight. There's usually a process there. Um, so how did the Beaverton Resource Center start?
2: And then what are some of the big developments that have gotten you where you guys are now? So, um, the Beaverton Resource Center was something that was in our community for close to 20 years, um, and there were resource center centers all over the state of Oregon. And then in 2013, the funding was pulled away at a state level, mm. so we lost our resource center. And um, we realized at that point that we lost prevention Supports within our community. So a team of really amazing community members, Al Schmidt being one of them, mm-hmm. and um, I've been very involved, came together, and we've worked really hard to bring that resource center back to our community. And we just started gaining some traction about two years ago. And our good friends at Foursquare have been a really, really critical partner in helping to relaunch this in our community.
0: Yeah, we've spent uh, about the last seven years working on this concept and this idea and and sort of uh, reaching out to the community to see if, if we could get some help getting it developed. And as Lisa said, about two years ago, things started to come together. Frankly, we were mm-hmm. like two kids in a candy store. We <laughs> were like, "Wow, this is going to happen!" Uh, and and as we continued that uh, transition, that progress there, um, I came over and, and had another conversation with uh, Mark Nicholas here mm-hmm. at your church and uh, actually came over to talk about something entirely different to (laughs) see in terms of how there might be some form of a relationship but not what we ended up with and while I was here Mark said oh by the way let me show you this building that we have that's becoming available and we're looking for ways to share it with the community do you know any organization that might be interested i um, my hands were up in the air just waving.
1: <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> me.
0: And so that's, that's how we got here. And I have to say uh, Beaverton Four Square has just been phenomenal to work with. The support, the uh, always saying yes, always being there. Y- you guys are fantastic and we really, really love being here.
1: Yeah, and just so everybody who's listening knows, um, our former youth building, which is now now is split between Centro Victoria, which is our Spanish-speaking church plant, we've had Pastor Israel on in the past, um, so we've heard from him, and they're sharing that space, Centro Victoria and the Beaverton Resource Center. So if you ever in the past had junior high or high schoolers were over in the youth building, it is the same building, but it looks much nicer actually now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a little less uh, youth group grunge down there and a little more, I don't know, there's just like fun kids areas and office space and all kinds of things. Um, so, we're excited to see that building put to good use and we're also glad to have you guys as neighbors, which is really fun. So
0: we also love sharing that space, by the way, with Central Victoria. Oh, they, they're fun. they are just fantastic building partners. So Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You know, I'd just add to what Al said, that um, this entire process, Al and I look at each other and often say, only God could do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This it, entire journey has been led by God, and um, it's so powerful. Uh, it's reinforced my faith completely. And I think... Um, It's just really incredible. We've been able through a lot of prayer and um, commitment to build this from literally nothing.
1: Um, So people who are listening, they may be thinking as you're talking about different resources and poverty needs like, we live in Beaverton this is like we're home of Nike and Intel and all these things this is a pretty affluent area they might not think of oh there's like a big need for some of these things so what are some of the unique challenges that you guys have seen individuals and families face in the city of Beaverton and um, if you gonna want to go into a little more detail about how you guys address some of those great you've kind of talked about it a little bit but any detail you want to give there's awesome
2: well I think you just mentioned The number one thing is breaking down the stereotype of what our community is. Mm. Um, I think Beaverton is perceived as a very affluent community in Nike's backyard, which we Mm -hmm. are. But there's deep pockets of poverty that are really very invisible um, within our community, and people don't... um, recognize the signs of it and the impact that it has on our community and the health of our community Mm -hmm. Um, there's home situations where up to 23 people are living in one Mm -hmm. home and um, you know parents are working for jobs and Mm -hmm. siblings are watching siblings Um, just really hard life situations. We have senior citizens who can no longer afford to remain in their homes Mm -hmm. um, because the cost of housing has just risen so high um, they're being displaced so it's challenging and it, if we can overcome that stereotype of what Beaverton is um, and all be on the same page of how do we resolve these challenges I think we'll be a much stronger community for it
1: mm-hmm.
0: no I agree it's it's uh, you know the the problems, in Multnomah County particularly in Portland are very visible you see that mm-hmm. on the news on a regular basis and and so you think that's where the problem is is mm-hmm. at here in Beaverton Washington County in general but Beaverton in particular it is it's a very quiet silent unseen uh issue but it's very very real and uh you know so our role is to uh help be that location where folks who are struggling with with homelessness and hunger and you know, illnesses, and food, and clothing, and all those sorts of things, that all are intertwined, interrelated. Mm-hmm. We want to give them a place that they can come, and mm-hmm. they can get the help that they need. So,
2: I think the other challenge we have is a lot of our services traditionally have been outsourced to mm-hmm. other areas, Multnomah County, Washington County. Um, so, we're in the process of developing programming and services here locally because i think people are starting to see it and understand it but it's going to take time and it's going to take a commitment and a lot of support
1: yeah it's the last thing you want if some if a family is already struggling for them to come find a resource and the resource is you know 20 and minutes away and they West already Portland. don't have yeah. gas or yeah, yeah. All that kind yeah. of thing so that's that's really good
0: I, you know I have to add I'm, I'm really pleased I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was but Lisa and I provided to then uh, mayor Doyle mm-hmm. and and many of his staff sort of a primer if you will on homelessness five years five years ago um, and and I'm really pleased that uh, if you look at their uh, development program mm-hmm. uh, they took almost everything we talked to them about and put it in that program and so Mm -hmm. you now see some progress being made which is really encouraging for you know folks like us who who are trying to make a difference here uh to see the progress that is being made i mean even simple things like uh uh, what they call the safe parking program Mm -hmm. it gives people who are living in their cars a place where they can put their vehicle without fear of being told every two to four hours you have to move the vehicle Mm -hmm. it gives them a place where they can uh, get access to a restroom uh, store some of their uh, belongings you know those kinds of things it it matters and it it demonstrates to people that they are in fact human beings Mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of the day we're all god's children Mm -hmm. and it's important that we take care of one another Yeah.
1: So So looking forward, what are some of the dreams that you guys have for the future in Beaverton? Like some you can talk about things that are in progress or things that you're just like, this would be amazing. But just to kind of give people an idea of like where you'd like to go.
2: Well, I think overall, our vision is to fill gap areas of need or... To set up calls of action so that the community c- can come together and address those gap areas of need. And one really critically important gap area, well actually there's a couple that we have right now, um, is affordable child care. Mm-hmm. So if you're a parent working in the service industry making minimum wage or a little above, you really can't afford to live mm-hmm. and have child care. So we're trying to address that And then the other, in my opinion, I think has some other things to talk about, is um, as we're coming into the winter months, we do not have a severe weather shelter for families with children Mm. anywhere in Washington County. We have them for adults, but not families with children, and we need to build that bridge into Mm -hmm. shelter for people who have been displaced and I think this year will be more critical than ever before Mm -hmm. most definitely
0: Yeah. So you really have sort of two uh, ends to the spectrum here Um, you know folks who are already dealing with homelessness and then you have the other end the preventative portion Mm -hmm. of that and that's where we we we're trying to put a lot of resources into uh, helping people retain the the housing that they have Um, and it's tough I mean particularly in, in I think this is what uh, Lisa was alluding to um, and I think it's because I am one Uh, (laughs) but I get concerned about seniors who Mm -hmm. are on fixed income Mm -hmm. and as cost of living particularly rent continues to rise in the Beaverton area it's eating up more and more and more of their available income and so we have conversations with uh, you know seniors who who are struggling to pay that rent and so they're they're no longer taking medication or they're Mm -hmm. cutting it in half or they're not eating or when they do get food you know they feed their pet because that's the only comfort that's Mm. available to them so I do worry a lot about seniors but preventative services in general again because it frankly it's it's the right thing to do human to human Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's also from a financial perspective far far more economical to mm-hmm. help someone stay in their home than it is to try and get them you know get them back off the streets and mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it, it's just a better way to go so we're focused on so many things we have so <laughs> many pieces that we want to address um, but those are some of the big ones
2: yeah and those are assets, I think um, if we, and that's kind of what our journey has been about too is what do we have with this in, in this community? what mm-hmm. assets do we have that we can pull together and help address some of the challenges that people are having um, in a really resourceful way mm-hmm. Yeah, no need to
1: you know reinvent the mm-hmm. wheel if we can just reallocate some things mm-hmm. that we already have going on or exactly. yeah, that kind to of pull thing. Pull teams of people in yeah. that
2: are yep. doing specific areas of work, yeah.
1: Uh, as we're thinking about the Beaverton Resource Center, you guys have been working in that field for quite some time. Um, we've talked a lot about different organizations and programs and things just to kind of put a human face on that can you maybe each share a story of someone that you've seen come through your doors and how you guys have been able to make an impact in a person or family's life
0: yeah honestly there there are so many and that's what uh, keeps you going
1: right um, But I a
0: a few years ago there was a, a young lady who contacted me and uh as I got to know her story a little bit um, about a year before she had uh, life was good she was mm-hmm. employed she was married life was good had a roof over the head etc. and then you know life happened mm-hmm. Um divorce uh, she kinda spiraled out of control a little bit so she was living in a car the mm-hmm. problem was that the car itself The tags were expired uh, it was somebody else's car who said she could have it but Mm. didn't have the ability to you know transfer the title over it needed some uh, mechanical repairs and so you know rather than just saying well gee it's overwhelming I can't help you we just kind of started breaking it down Mm. and looked at what are the necessary pieces? So first off, if you're living in the vehicle, we have to make sure it's registered in your name and mm-hmm. the tags aren't expired and all that sort of stuff. And then if that's your home, we've got to make sure it's a safe home. So mm-hmm. we got some tires and some brakes and we you know, so we did all of those sorts of things. And then uh through you know, ongoing conversations and support, she ended up getting a job. Mm-hmm. Uh she got on her feet and uh she's doing much better now. That's amazing. So, you know. The, the, that's that's what it takes you mm-hmm. just have to look to see where are they and how can I help where they are not mm-hmm. why aren't you here mm-hmm. no you got to start with where they are
1: yeah and that's just a lot of small things that just needed to be taken care of to get somebody's life completely turned around
2: I so like to say amazing. you
0: can't <laughs> swell on an elephant hole but you can eat it a bite <laughs> at a time so that's, that's what true. you do you eat it a bite at a time
2: yes. Lisa how about you so I'm going to share a story about a young woman who came to our homeless education department Oh, probably about six years ago. Um, she'd been living in her car with her kindergarten child, mm. um, and she had had really a horrific time. Her husband had... Um, been arrested and was in the Mm -hmm. federal penitentiary it was a very traumatic situation ultimately she lost her business and Mm. her income to support her child and ended up on the streets in her truck and I think the back window of her truck had been broken out When she had money, she'd stay in a hotel, but it was really Mm -hmm. challenging. She was working, um, and then she got laid off of her job, and she was moving her truck um, at night. You know, she'd stay Mm -hmm. in one area for a couple hours, and then her phone would ring her, so she'd move it so she didn't get a citation. And she was just exhausted completely exhausted from the um just the fight to survive Mm -hmm. and she ended up at our office very emotional and um we tried to get her into a hotel room and the manager of the hotel wouldn't take her because Mm -hmm. she was homeless and didn't want homeless people there and um I called Holy Trinity, and they helped to get her into a hotel room, and that just started the process of um, stabilizing her, Mm -hmm. and um, she went into our ministry house, which then was a kind of a transitional living home Mm -hmm. that was operated through Holy Trinity, and um, we worked with her on a weekly basis, and little by little, she regained her self-esteem, her Mm -hmm. confidence. She became the um, house manager Mm. of the center she started working for care to share so all during this time she was developing her skill set she took on an internship um, opportunity and actually worked at the help center um, which is our office Mm -hmm. learning resource brokerage and she was phenomenal just incredible, and I think one of the reasons she was so successful in that job role is because it was authentic to her, mm-hmm. and she had experienced yeah, she every had all the trauma yeah. that she was helping people work through. Um, she also had a huge barrier in that her education was not complete, so we helped her um, get her GED, and she graduated and has gone on to college she's earning a degree in social work Mm -hmm. and um, she's an incredible success um, and I don't know if she could have met that potential without the help of the community Mm -hmm. I don't know that she could have risen to where she is today without that support and we're still in touch with her. In fact, a lot of our clients we're still in touch with, um, and we've seen they're stable. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's so good. And that's to what be able it's to about. To follow somebody's journey like that to see yeah. you know, like the before and the after pictures. It really is that It's oh, um, amazing.
2: It's grace.
1: That piece is good as well of I think a lot of organizations have that mindset of like we want to get you in and we want to get you out but having that longevity of that's honestly what a lot of people need is just that continued support and knowing that somebody cares about them somebody's watching them somebody's got their back like
2: it's interesting and it's not why we do this but a lot of times those folks will come back and give yeah Yeah.
1: and that makes perfect sense yeah (laughs) yeah
2: yeah that's beautiful
0: you know that's a big i mean you talk about if you have a group here that wants to figure out what a program you know we need we are looking for an organization to develop a mentor type program Mm -hmm. so you know three or four people adopt this family Mm -hmm. right hold their hand encourage them hold them accountable when Mm -hmm. they need to be held accountable work with them to develop you know budgeting or parenting plans or whatever the case may be Will help provide the classes necessary for that, uh, but it takes people who are willing to spend an hour or yeah. two every week.
1: The investment piece
0: for six to twelve months to help these folks get stable because that's what it takes. You can mm-hmm. you can put a roof over somebody's head, but if you don't teach them and train them and love them, yeah.
2: they'll just end up back where they were. They're yeah, they're right you have to have that support started. piece too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The same type of programming with our seniors, checking in with yep, them. checking in. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? What do you need?
1: Yep. And Those things aren't don't take massive skill or no. even a ton of time no. just to check in on somebody yep. yeah. once a week or something. Exactly. That's not a big ask, but means a lot to.
2: It'll have a on huge impact.
0: Yeah. yeah, huge impact.
2: And as a Christian, I think that's um, living prayer. You know, it's. Mm-hmm prayer in action
1: mm-hmm. so e- the Beaverden resource center is not necessarily like you're not a christian organization but both of you are christians and a lot of people on your staff i would assume are also christians as well so how do you walk that funny line of being christians but not being in a christian organization and how does your faith kind of seep into that even if it's not in an explicit over kind of a way
0: well, I, I think, uh, you know, honestly, our faith influences everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't wear it on our sleeve, but uh, it is the lens through which we look. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it truly influences, um, you know, how we look at uh, uh, the individuals who come through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to say no judgment. There is mm-hmm. no judgment. Somebody comes to us looking for help, we're going to help um but it also um you know and I said it earlier it helps us realize that we are all truly God's children mm-hmm. and we have a responsibility for each other and so that drives us in so many ways both in terms of how we treat individuals but then um the programs that we're looking to develop which ones can have a true impact and uh make a difference in people's lives
2: so mm-hmm. yeah just unconditional love for the people we serve and um we also are really um focused on not um enabling people i think Mm -hmm. but empowering them Mm -hmm. um through our faith yeah we serve a god that created us as
1: beloved children and also created us to accomplish like we're supposed to drive pleasure and meaning from work and other things and so being able to enable people to do that is really honoring the image of God in people instead of seeing them as just a problem or a number or anything like that. Exactly. So as you're looking towards the fall, what are some of your greatest needs going into that back-to-school
2: season? Um, well, With my school district hat on, (laughs) (laughs) I think um, we need school supplies. We need um, people who are willing to get involved in our schools, Mm -hmm. um, volunteer in our schools. And what
1: kind of, like, is that like a tutoring kind of volunteer or
2: Um, more specific things? All of our schools have different um, opportunities, unique opportunities, depending on what a person is interested in doing. And I firmly believe that people should um, be matched with their skill set and their passion into a volunteer opportunity. So if you love to read, become a smart reader. If you are great at math, Join (laughs) one of our math tutoring programs. A lot of our schools have after-school programming. Um, If you have an empty room in your home, become a host home provider through Safe Families or Second Home for Youth um, to provide long-term housing for a teen who's Mm. unaccompanied. There's lots and lots of opportunities, and the Resource Center is actually here to help connect people to opportunities of service and passion. So if somebody
1: was listening and was like, oh, some of those things sound interesting, but I have no idea how I would go from hearing this podcast to actually being in a classroom, they could reach out to you guys, and you guys could help connect them?
2: Yeah, or the school district through volunteer services um, in the community involvement. Um, They're always happy to connect, and we have lots and lots of opportunities at the Resource Center for um, service as well. That's awesome, Al. Well, anything you add?
0: Well, I was s- simply going to add that at the resource center itself, we do anticipate with uh, the school starting uh, here in another month or so mm-hmm. that our activity is going to pick up, mm-hmm. and as a result, in order to be able to accommodate that, we will need more help with that. Whether it's through volunteers, financial support, we'd love it if uh, folks have uh, you know special skills that they're willing to mm-hmm. offer. Um, all of those things really, truly do make a difference. And again, it helps us build that network of resources that we know are so critical in order to help people be successful. So, uh, especially any of you bilingual folks out there who are interested, uh, we would love to have some volunteers help with that. I'll put in a plug. We're open Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, <laughs> 9 <laughs> until 1. Uh, and uh, yeah, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you.
1: And we'll include. some contact information if somebody's listening to this and is like, yes, I would love to do that. um, We'll have the link to both the Beaverton Resource Center website and then some contact information if somebody's really involved in something specific that they can reach out to you guys. Um, So look for that in the show notes if that's something that you want to do. Just to kind of help people dream who might be listening? What are some ways, in your minds, that individuals or even groups within our congregation might be able? You've mentioned a few things, but what are some other ways that people might be able to support you all? Whether that's with time and volunteering, with their talents—kind of what you were saying, special skills, um, with finances, and even prayer-wise. What are some things that maybe people could pray for for you guys?
0: We so so I have to. It, it's my role as. Uh, Chairman, I, I always have to have my hand out looking for financial support. <laughs> it's it's required. We'll give you that space. It's in my job description. <laughs> uh so i always we can always use financial support to help with all those things that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we do. We need volunteers. Uh right now we could use some help with just general assistance answering the phones. We know that as the programs begin to grow, mm-hmm. we're going to need help with some child care uh capabilities. We have needs for uh, what we call goodwill ambassadors—so people who have uh, experience in the social services world—we mm-hmm. would love to talk to you and bring you in. And that's and an
1: amazing title too. I would like to be a goodwill ambassador. Goodwill, <laughs> uh,
0: uh, you too can be a goodwill <laughs> ambassador. So, uh, you know, if you have any of those til- t- uh, talents or if you have time, uh, we'd love to talk to you about uh, how we might be able to utilize your skill sets. And you know, the main thing I think is you have to bring a smile and have the heart. So that's really what we're looking for in a volunteer.
1: Hopefully we can do that. That's a pretty low bar. That's so. pretty low bar. <laughs> we hope we have people listening that can do that. Lisa, anything you'd want to add? Um,
2: well, a couple years ago, we started an Earth Angel Network that is just a team of people that we could shoot out emails to if we had a specific need. Hmm. Um we'd love for someone to take that on so that we're not having to manage it mm-hmm. we could just say here's a need and let somebody take the ball and run with it um, so that's one thing um, i do have Ashley. one other thing
0: did uh, that frankly is a big need and it's very specific Thanks. if there are folks out there who uh... have rental properties Oh, yeah. That they would be willing to uh, perhaps um, work with us uh, in terms of providing rental, um, below market rents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a specific program that we've tried out in the past that actually works. Um, we would love to talk to folks about that because. Uh, you know, again, it's that whole preventative side. Mm-hmm. And we have wraparound services and we have some various backing programs and things that we would love to talk to you about. But it's a very specific need mm-hmm. that not many people have, mm-hmm. have the ability to respond mm-hmm. to. But if you do, we would love to talk with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: a good place to make that ask. And if you're interested in it, we'll give you a tax write off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get rewarded for that. One. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you'll reduce your rent a little bit, we'll make up the difference.
1: That's awesome.
2: And Al calls that God bucks. <laughs>
1: Well, we're all about uh, garnering God bucks around here, so we'll take those.
0: Just don't cash the check too early. <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah, I no, I No, don't do that. that. Yeah. No, no, no.
1: Um, I think earlier, Lisa, you might have mentioned um, school supplies. If there Are there specific things that you guys are looking for, like items that you're looking for right now that people could potentially donate? Just because people are doing that anyway right now, buying back-to-school stuff. So throwing a few extra things in the bin. What can they pick up for you all?
2: Yeah, um, what we're collecting is what the Beaverton School District has posted in their school supply list. So you can go online and look for that. And um, also, like usually, Fred Myers will post what Beaverton Mm -hmm. School District's school supply list is. So, you know, we're willing to take anything just bring it up, drop it off, and then we'll distribute it. We, we don't like to keep anything in the center, so it's a constant um, recirculation. Donation's coming in, and mm-hmm. they're going out. Um, we also collect um, emergency toiletry items, um, soap, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrushes, feminine hygiene, diapers, wipes, and laundry detergent. We only accept pods. And we love it if people have a mason jar on their counter and throw all their um, change in it and bring the mason jar up to us. We convert it to quarters so folks can do their laundry. Mm,
1: That's good. Yeah.
2: We we call that the Create Change Program. Oh, I like that. That's (laughs) a good name.
1: So that, like, if you have a community group or another group or just your family, that's something that you guys would like to do as a back-to-school kind of activity. Highly encourage you to do that. Again, you can check Beaverden Resources' website um, or check, yeah, the other place. We'll have everything that you mentioned in the show notes so that people can check there and um, coordinate with you guys if that's something they want to do. Um, are there ways that, like, we are a congregation that strongly believes in prayer So are there ways that our congregation can be praying for the Beaverton Resource Center as an organization, but also for the two of you as individuals, as you're kind of, you know, the captains of the helm of
2: this thing? Because I'm sure it gets a little crazy sometimes. Yeah. um, And for all of our collaborative partners Mm -hmm. at the Resource Center, this is really challenging work. And for me personally, I think the only way to survive it is through prayer, Mm -hmm. personal prayer, in your relationship with God and Jesus, as well as prayer through the community. It lifts you up and helps you keep going. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it truly does make a difference knowing that spiritually folks are supporting you. Mm-hmm. It, it, if, if that is um, what you have to offer, we gladly accept that. Um, prayer makes all the difference in the world. and, and As Lisa indicated, knowing that that we have that kind of support, mm-hmm. uh, we can't fail.
2: Good. And then for our clients too. I mean, yeah. I, I pray for the people that I serve. Always. And um, yeah. if you join us in prayer, we just create a circle of love around our community, so.
1: Um, before we kind of finish up, is there anything else that you guys would like to say to our congregation or anything that you'd like to share that we haven't talked about?
2: If I'd not, that's fine, but. I'd just like to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support and your care and your compassion to our community. It's so very much appreciated.
0: Mm. Likewise. And, I, you know, it has become so obvious to me over the course of the last 10, 12 years I've gone through this journey that no one person or individual or church Mm -hmm. can do this by themselves. But when we join together, we can do amazing things, Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening here. This is some amazing stuff going on, and it's all guided by God, Mm -hmm. but it's being executed, if you will, by us, Mm -hmm. by all of us, and that's what it takes. So thank you.
1: It's a good example of the body of Christ. It is. In all the different ways. And thank you for being here today. It was good to have both of you on. Maybe we'll have you on another time, too, to give some updates, or if you have some exciting things happening, we can advertise for you. We're always up for that. Um, But Lisa, Al, it's been a pleasure. Um, Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the Beaverton Resource Center and I also hope you're inspired if there's a way that you can give whether that's financially or with your time, talent, or through prayer. I would definitely encourage you to do that. Um, I'd also encourage you if you enjoyed today's episode um, or if you know someone that you think would be interested in the work that the Beaverton Resource Center is doing I'd highly encourage you to share this episode with them just so they can get to know Al and Lisa a little better and what the BRC does. Um, again, you can share whether that's via social media, email, just calling somebody up. It's also a great way, selfishly, that we get more people listening to our podcast. So we appreciate the shares for whatever the motivation. Uh, Thanks for listening again today. If you want to make sure you never miss an episode, ensure that you are subscribed to the Before Church podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and we will see you guys next week.